the reason I've always liked cats is because I feel like they're a little bit like me. Just <laughs> self-sufficient, you know, if you get time with me, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm quite happy spending time by myself. Don't like be all over me. I can look after myself. You can leave me alone for days and I'll be fine. Mm. That's why I've liked cats is because there's a level of affection and care from them, but they're also like you could leave them for a couple of days and they're fine. You don't need to take them out for a walk. You don't need to look after them <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> Yet they'll still to a degree love you and they have like a very cantankerous personality sometimes it's just that on, part sounds like you <laughs> on their own terms i think that i like to think that i'm a cat person yeah okay. but i've only ever honestly met a couple of cats that i like yeah okay. my life at the moment more so resembles a lost dog yeah so yeah <laughs> well having said that when i first got and the other thing is i'm busy so the thought of trying to like take something for a walk or whatever just created stress in my head when i first got biggles who was a rag doll though he would just follow me around everywhere and i'd go biggles just leave me alone <laughs> this is why i don't have a boyfriend yeah. like you don't need to know where i am all the time yeah. like i'm in the house somewhere okay. like it's fine like just <laughs> don't and winnie as lovely as she is is exactly like that she just wants to be like near and close and want to know everything that you're up to and i'm just like just take a chill i just need to gather myself yeah. i don't need to be so winnie being a dog yeah winnie's a dog that makes sense yeah because they're always up in your shit yeah but beagle sounds like almost at times a little doggish he was yeah absolutely he was like a dog and he was very very smart i think we talked about him before like trying to trick you into thinking that you'd stood on him or something <laughs> like that and then acting out and going ah! and you're like oh i'm so sorry he's very smart little thing now blue has like this purr that is the loudest thing when she comes up near you and she's cuddling you yep. and it sounds like just the feeling that you would hope that you could get from anyone around you like mm. that is just an amazing thing when she's just purring and vibrating and just yep. clearly just loves being near you <laughs> and she does this beautiful her and winnie just love each other and blue will be beautiful and she'll go and lick winnie and look mm. after her and and then i th watch that and just go oh it's so, just so nice that these two are friends and they entertain each other yep. and then next minute it's like two o'clock in the morning and I've got a set of child terrorists that are trying to wreck <laughs> my place and play parkour and just run around. And Blue will just run and jump on everything and then I'll be trying to – I imagine what this would be like if you had kids and you just like go, just – just let me sleep. Like, please just let me sleep. Just go to bed. It's bedtime. Like, just go to bed. It's yeah. bedtime. And then they- If you, I close my eyes harder, they'll go away. <laughs> it's just like you ignore them for a bit thinking that it might stop, but they just don't stop. And then next minute, yeah. Blue's like tore across the top of the bed and using it as a launching pad to like jump over the top of Winnie. And I can feel this happening. And there was one time- I just happened to move my hand at the right time because she would have just like run across and like <laughs> slashed, ended up with a cut. But it's not, it's just playful, but it's the wrong time of the day. Yeah. Do that while I'm not there, not at <laughs> night when I'm trying to sleep and 
being uh, arrested. You're talking about being asleep around cats. I learnt an interesting cat fact the other day. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's true or not. It's one yeah. of those things you see on the internet and you're yeah. like, oh, I don't know about that. But apparently cats, because quite often when you're in the deepest phase of sleep, yeah. will lay on you and wake you up. It's because they're prey animals, they're their sleep, even though they sleep for a long time, yeah. part of why they do that is because it's not a very deep, rejuvenating sleep. They're almost semi-awake a lot of the time. Yeah, okay. So, when your heart rate and breathing goes into its most shallow, the cat for a moment freaks out and thinks that you're dead <laughs> and then they'll wake you up. Yeah. And I've always wondered why that was because I had- no other visits from when I was living in Melbourne with my brother's cat, except for about six in the morning, the cat would be laying right on my face, yeah, trying to wake me up. Yeah, actually, that's <laughs> my um sleeping in clock doesn't exist anymore because she will come and just come right to my face mm. and start at about six o'clock every morning. But people throw cats under the bus like they don't have any love for their owners and no closeness. Like, if they truly didn't care, they'd just let you keep sleeping. It's exactly right. No, I, there's it's such a lovely feeling to have something that is just genuinely just cares about you. And I can tell it from I'm just so happy that I have them both now and I didn't let someone talk me out of yeah. getting- Well, I thought you were going to talk yourself out of the cat because you were like, I've got this pet already. Do I need another one? Can I have that commitment? Yeah. That was exactly the thing and that was everyone's saying. But I kept – there was also a thing in the back of my head going, I've already got this pet that's young, Winnie, and she's going to be around for like 10 years at least, get them both at the same time so they can just chill out together. Yeah. Blue chose me. She did. Like I hadn't gone to actually get a cat. I was still – continuing to look and swirl around is it a good life choice like now wherever i go i'm gonna have to find somewhere that has room for a cat also and (laughs) just a little background guys it's um josh's neighbor has changed from the coffer to the um running commentary of his life person via a bad vocal technique yeah bad (laughs) he's singing his life out loud on the balcony yeah exactly what's happening but yeah um just went to to look again and she was the only one sort of there and she just sort of popped out and started purring on my lap and then i was still going to go away and think about it and the lady just sort of went okay so we'll get the paperwork out and i was like oh uh, yep okay and then it just happened and then when he loved her and then so just knowing you and that you're not the most woo-woo person that i've met did that almost make you recoil to start with that this cat is making an active effort to choose me no you were down with it no i love animals yeah i love animals so much because i can't imagine you are acting the same way with a guy (laughs) absolutely not The more attention they give me, the more I recoil and go, yeah, no, that's why I, don't I, was I don't feel like I can reciprocate the level of, I get really bothered if someone feels like they're very invested in me, yeah. I always go, why? Like, I get suspicious. <laughs> and then they'll still have an idea and I'm like, yeah, but you don't like, you think you know me or you've yeah. got an idea of me, but you don't know me. And if they're like a really, and the worst thing is, the nicer they are, the more I feel like I need to protect them, like, from things. And if they're very, like, nice and I just think, oh, I don't know if I'm at the level of reciprocating feelings as you, so I'm just going to, like, back 
the F out <laughs> so that you don't get hurt. So it's hurt them a little bit early so you don't hurt them a lot later. Yeah, Is that what you can- uh, there's, there's so many levels of – it'll sound weird when I say it, but I run on this level of trying to protect everyone from everything mm. always and it's always about trying to – protect people including myself but probably yeah more so going mm, the overthinking side of everything goes no is this gonna work is this gonna work is this gonna work and <laughs> maybe just go oh i feel like they're more invested in this than what i have the capacity to be yeah <laughs> rather than just trying <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good so we do have a few topics today guys yeah. and we just went on a tangent i think we yeah. can take away from that that Men aren't cats. And if you're wondering <laughs> if Mel's developed a split vocal technique, she hasn't. She's just got a small puppy about an inch away from the mic as well. That's to tell you. Yeah, we've got myself, Mel, the neighbour, and Winnie all on the mic today. Yeah. So And Blue's just run around. Yep. Just hiding from life at the moment. <laughs> so let's just dive in. You sent me a message the other day about a smart gut. If you like us, like I like us, get onto punchingsideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. You sent me a message the other day about a smart gut. Yeah. Do you, do you know, like, have you ever thought, oh, I'm going to just trust my gut with this and just roll with it? Yes. Like, when's the best call that you've made with a smart gut decision? I'll tell you the opposite of it okay. because what I know is that I can't pinpoint moments of my life where I've trusted my gut yeah. as much as I can when I haven't and things went poorly Yeah, when I had an original feeling. Okay. There's two particular relationships yeah. that there was a period of my life where I liked adversarial women. And Explain what you mean by adversarial. Well, if they, if they somehow, because of my first formative relationships, I got used to the fact that there was an element of maybe not fighting all the time, but some elevated tension was good for the relationship mm-hmm. because things come out and then there's the makeup period. So yep. I got used to that always being there. Yeah. But then I started to almost not obsess over, but be actively looking for people that seemed like they had just a bit of anger yep. in them. Yeah. And my gut was always telling me, nah, <laughs> maybe not a good idea. <laughs> but I just got, and there was two in particular where I can remember months and months later thinking, ah, oh, yeah, this person is cranky and angry. That's not always a good thing. No. <laughs> and I went against the gut. <laughs> I'll um, share something that I've learned about that. Apparently, when you feel a butterfly feeling around a person mm. is actually a trauma response and it's something that you should theoretically not lean into because you're reacting on a, a pattern or how that feeling that you get feels exciting mm. but exciting isn't necessarily the space that you want to run a relationship in. Yes, which is that describes exactly- yeah. What was happening to me? I was getting what I would say was butterflies around these two. 
yeah. thinking that, oh, that's they've got to be the one. How weird's that? That is weird and, and it, it feels very true. And um, I'll do a bit more research. <laughs> of course, obviously, I research psychological things around myself and everything, but- it is. It's the feeling of going. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, like this is this is the feeling that you're supposed to because you hear about it in movies. Oh, I just you know felt, and it's actually um, there's a lot of psychological research and that involved in that is something that you probably should not lean into. Wow! And if you feel comfortable around someone, which is usually when we go, oh, that's boring, mm. is what you should be more leaning into. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, wow. Because that also highlights another third relationship where there was high levels of comfort and I had the opposite of butterflies and I was mistaking that comfort for are we borderline getting bored here? Yeah. Wow. Well, that puts most of my 2000s into perspective in the space of five minutes there. Because there were some bad decisions in there, <laughs> some hostile ones it's, and a few nice ones that slipped through the cracks. <laughs> it's super it's, it's super interesting. It's like the whole, yeah, the whole fight or flight response thing that happens with people and the exciting and like I know if I'm doing in events, like I definitely get the anxiety, nerves thing and you can feel that as a good thing because I can channel that. But you don't want to be like feeling edgy around mm. a person that you are trying to build something with, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I think that's a hard space to to navigate because, like I said, that feeling is exciting if you meet someone and they sort of like maybe push you a little bit and you feel like, oh, okay, righto. Yeah. <laughs> I need to back up to this, but you really, yeah. So, the smart gut thing that you sent me oh, w- yes. wasn't 100%. We've just gone off on another no, relationship. No, no. Yeah, tangent. no, that was just I wanted to know your interpretation. So, the yeah. smart gut thing can be different <laughs> in the fact that you actually, like, trust your in- intuition with something and go, yeah, this feels right. Cool, I'm going to run with it, not question it. And it came about how I got the Gardeness gig mm. pretty much was I was talking to the chick who organised it just at a barbecue and she was telling me about what she was up to, had no idea about Gardenesque or anything like that and just organically this conversation went into I'm running an event. She just goes, oh, do you know anything about gardens? And I was like, nah. (laughs) I mean, I grew up on a farm so, like, I'm not averse to – getting dirty and doing uh, stuff. I know, like, I know my grasses. Yeah, I, was like, oh, I don't even know my grasses. Yeah. Don't know my grasses. But I was very confident in the fact that I love to learn new things as well. And I just was like, oh, not like heaps, but I can learn that, like mm. whatever. And she goes, oh, because I've got this um, event that I'm just putting together it's called um, Gardenesque, and we're looking for an MC. And I was like, "Oh yeah, cool. Yep, just send me a send me some details." And she sent me like the next day. She um, sent me a message and just basically locked me in for two dates. And so that was good. That was for October. And I knew that there was a little bit of a personal connection in the fact that her partner worked with my dad previously, and. So, there was probably a trust level through that mm. and given the fact that it's my dad's relationship as well, I was never going to say yes to something that I didn't think that I could 
run with. Fast forward to Gardeness getting cancelled because of weather and then re-put on at the end of January. She sort of messaged me again and I was like, oh, yeah, cool, I need this, this and this. Went to meet her and I, as I was sort of going there, there was a deep reflection on the fact that we've talked about how I'm a bit of an enigma currently on social media. And I was like, she has never seen anything that I've done ever. <laughs> She's just gone off the fact that I've talked like I know a few things mm. and just gone, yep, let's just get Mel. And as I've- Sorry. And just for those people at home or in the car that are wondering, when Mel says, never seen me do a thing, if you're wondering what she means, hosting a live event. Yeah. Because this garden nest thing was not a small endeavour. So, no. Just for people that were wondering, what does she mean by a thing? But I also, we know that I have a tendency to accidentally talk myself into things. Yes. <laughs> into an opportunity that I didn't even know I was doing at the time. <laughs> and then it comes about and I'm like, oh, okay, let's, okay, we're running with this and we'll just make it happen. But as I got there, I sort of said to her, I said, oh, look, I know you're, um, you're basically, you've just trusted the fact that you think that I'm a good person and I'm going to do a good job. And she goes, yeah, I was actually like talking. And she goes, I was talking to Sian, which is her partner. I was talking to Sian last night and I just said, jeez, Mel better be bloody good. <laughs> There's a lot riding on this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I appreciate that. She goes, you just felt like you're a good person and I could trust you. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to let you, not going to attempt to let you down. And what happened was by saying yes to an opportunity like that, I had so many people go to me previous, why are you doing a gardening thing? You don't even like gardening. I was like, yeah, but like how many cool people, like different people am I going to get to meet? And it was one of the most amazing things that I've had the privilege of being part of. It was very, very well put together. It was super cool. And I never would have thought this was a big dick energy move, but I got to work with Costa, who was like, you know, the way that I run and just everyone gets treated the same. And that was how it was treating him. But watching the way that he interacted with all these people who clearly thought that he was a god and I think I mentioned like he's like the Beatles of gardening. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is a great tagline that he should use. <laughs> yeah. It led to him to saying a story actually about someone asking if he was a rock star yeah. at a restaurant because he was getting mobbed by all these people. <laughs> <laughs> and he has, he has the big hair and the beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was just so generous with his time and – talking to people and even that like that's a, that's a thing that everyone in entertainment should be aware of that you know it becomes not about you pretty much but when he was actually speaking on stage there was so much emotion and genuine authentic energy behind what he was saying that like at times he was starting to tear up wow. and I watched this happen and go wow like this is this is a real deal person who actually cares about this isn't a I'm famous look at me look at me and he was doing it in a way that 
he wasn't really talking about himself. He was reflecting on different causes and stuff yeah. and using what he could do to facilitate that, which I really, really, really liked. And, yeah, I met, like, a guy that runs birdwatching things and just all yeah. these people that I never would have crossed paths with. And it's just just saying yes to things that can yeah. be seen scary, but she trusted her gut <laughs> <laughs> and her gut was right to trust because I feel like I did a, a very good job. And, it's yeah, it's opened way more opportunities by saying yes to sometimes things that other people would say no to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smart gut. I trusted my gut once last year. Yeah. And a much smaller scale thing than yeah. garden-esque. I kind of forgot that the year before I had asked if I could do a comedy set at the Curryong show. <laughs> and I was talking to one of the heads, Evan Nicholas, his name is. He's yeah. a well-known footballer from up there as well. Yeah. Champion guy. He kind of saw me randomly, I think, outside the chiropractor here. And he's like, oh, do you still want to come? Because I think I didn't end up doing it or it got moved or something. I can't remember the story. But he's yeah. like, oh, do you still want to do that? This is six months later. Yeah. Like, oh, I did ask about that. Six months ago, I better say yes. Yeah. So we rearranged for me to go up and do it. And I mentioned to a couple of people that I was doing it. And they're like, why would you do that? And these are other people in comedy as well, because yeah, yeah. it had hell gig. Yeah. And that's not, it doesn't have to be mean towards the show. Just comedy is so fragile. Yeah. That anything can make it not work as well. Yeah. So being outside, mostly kids. Mm -hmm. Not knowing if the mic or the stage, I was possibly going to be on the back of a truck. Yeah. Like, all this stuff was not working in my favour. Yeah. And because I'm a complete amateur too. It's not yeah. like I'm not like I'm Limo that we saw a couple of weeks ago yeah. in Gerodry where he could walk probably into this room now and do a great set off off the cuff. He was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, it had Helgig written all over it. But there was a part of my gut that just knew that even if it's the worst thing I've ever done, I reckon I'm going to get something out of it. Yes. And- a week later, I did a couple of shows in Wagga and Tumut. Yeah. I think it was. No, Wagga, Gerardry, Tumut in over two weeks. Yeah. And they were by far the best gigs that I've done. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was because I learned in the space of 10 minutes multiple lessons. <laughs> and one thing that's going to sound weird, is, and Mel would know this and anyone who's seen me do comedy, I usually leave the mic in the stand. Yeah. And it, not when we're doing trivia. Yep. I take it out. I don't have one. But for that, just because I find that if I get nervous, the first place it shows is my handshakes. Yeah, okay. So, it's easier to have it in there. Then I don't have to try and put it back in mm -hmm. if I'm getting nervous. They said, oh, we've got a mic stand. I, I didn't tell you. I was on the back of a truck. <laughs> yeah. it, but then last minute, they changed it and wanted me to go and do it on the floor in the grass next to the Rodeo ring. <laughs> <laughs> and it, they're like, oh, there's a PA over there. There's speakers. Like, okay, that wasn't really the plan, yeah. but yeah, they're like, everyone's already gone over there. You're going to be performing to no one. There's a there's 100 people over there. So, I got over there and there's like 30 little kids in front of me. And when I say little kids, I mean like five and six-year-olds. Yeah. And then adults that were 80 metres off to my left, up, up the top of the amphitheatre, but yeah. almost over the back, back near the bar. That was the only people that were there. Yeah. The actual speaker was a JBL party speaker with flashing lights. <laughs> They had no mic stand. The mic they bought over there didn't fit in the stand. Yeah. So, I was about to do, and the grass was wet and it was about a foot high. Yeah. So, I got no intro. Yeah. The sun was up and in everyone's eyes. Yeah. Like, I could have been, 
I could have been looking at the sun, but everyone was looking at the sun. So, yeah. they were squinting. Yeah. Every time I sped up for a punchline, the actual speaker would flash in people's faces off to the side. So, in my peripheral, there's just people getting lit up with this red light. <laughs> it's coming. It's yeah, coming. Yeah, it's if coming. I moved one, coming. If I moved one centimetre off from perfect line of sight to the yeah. speaker, the, the mic would cut out. Yeah. And I went from not really having any kids around me to having most of them sitting three feet away from me. Yeah. And I also found out that day that some things that you think are family friendly still are very scary for kids <laughs> because I was telling a story about how my dad was such a hardcore electrician that he got bitten by not one but two redback spiders before he left the job. And, like, the kids, they were – I got a few laughs out of the kids. I yeah. think they were just liking that someone was doing something they didn't really understand. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like a hush. Yeah. And no, I'd like, oh, no, I've lost them. And then the mum's looking at me like, hey, dickhead, that's nightmare material for these kids, <laughs> you idiot. And then all of a sudden there was a great, this little kid, a moment of levity. And it's going to be horrible, but he, I was talking about dad. He only just made it to the hospital and this little kid goes, did he die? <laughs> I was like, no, mate, he didn't. It was great. Then everyone just cracked up and it was just such a moment of levity. So the next week I went into Wagga, which is the greatest room probably in the country at the moment. Everyone who goes there, like, oh, you could say anything in there and probably get a little laugh. You look sideways. Yeah, it's just this magic magic room they've created up there. I had the easiest show I've ever had, not not only because I went well, but I'm like, I'm never going to do another gig quite as weird – well, at least in the immediate future is the one I just did. Yeah. And that was trusting my gut because yeah. the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to pull out. Yes. But that initial moment was, Josh, this is going to be either a great story or you're going to learn something or both. Opportunity, though. And I reconnected with one of my mates from high school. Yeah. But that's my smart gut story because yeah. normally I'm a pull out guy. I'd pull out before I committed. Yeah. I just wouldn't agree yeah. to do it because I can talk myself into, oh, that's going to, that'll be bad and this will go wrong. That's me with relationships, not with events. <laughs> I probably should think a bit more about <laughs> saying yes to events. But I also sort of run on the guise of, like, there is no way I would have opted to go to Gardenesque unless I had a working role there. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I did because I met, like, an amazing group of people and saw and witnessed lots of cool things that if I had have actually had the option, would have just gone, meh, don't know, gardening's <laughs> on my jam. I don't really like. And now I'm like, do I like gardening? Yeah. Still probably not. But, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, yeah. Say, say yes to things that can put you in situations that in front, if you're in, in entertainment like mm. you were. Yes. Every time you get an opportunity to be in front of a new bunch of people is an opportunity to impress one person. Yeah. And sometimes it is just one person. Or, or build a bond with a 10-year-old kid exactly. who's got some good material. Kids are great. <laughs> yeah, they were great. They were liking it more than the adults. They're yeah. hard, but they're so, like, organically real. Yeah. 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 And when you get a compliment from a kid, it's like a genuinely, like, heart-fluttery in a good way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Absolutely. Good job, kids. So, we'll finish up with this and I'm not sure. We need to watch a quick video here. Okay. So I'll link to the video if I okay. can for the people listening. So, 
one of our listeners, Carl, that's one of our long-term listeners, he donated 10 coffees recently on buymeacoffee.com. Thanks, Carl. Which you can find on punchingsideways.com if you want to donate a coffee, if you're enjoying it. He basically said, here's 10 coffees, but I want this question answered. Okay. <laughs> so, Oh, this is an organic off the cuff. Right, yeah. cool. So he wants us to watch this video of a wrestler named Logan Paul, who's like a celebrity yeah. internet person, and wants to know our thoughts on it. Can so- I just, one, before we press play, have we already got the money for the coffees? There, it's already in. So we theoretically don't need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> you can't take it back out, can you? Go fraud. <laughs> lots of bodies on the ground. Shouting. Oh. <laughs> okay. They've just done a springboard off their, the ropes and they've basically belly whacked into each other when, you know, when you're celebrating, but they've knocked each other out. So I haven't watched wrestling for about 20 years, but I used to watch it a lot in the end of the 90s. That I've never seen before. So I don't know what you want us to say, Carl, besides the fact that that was very impressive and looked very painful. Do you know what I will say on the back of that is you might remember someone that we interviewed called Luke Burney, Mm. who happens to be a wrestler of a professional nature. And, Carl, what I implore you to do is actually look up some of his videos because if you think that that seemed impressive... What he's doing is next level. Yeah, like it's insane, e- really. Ex Olympic gymnasts level, and when I've seen some of the stuff that he's doing off the ropes, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Yep, ridiculous. And the fact that if there's two things that come into play, guys, if you get a chance to see him, what's it? What's his current wrestling name? Can you remember? It's the hope from the top rope. Yes, the hope from the top rope. And there's just so much hope up there because you look at how high he jumps. It's ridiculous. He's got, like, God-level glow going on. But if you <laughs> see him perform comedy, like, for reals as well, you just would not realise that those two can interconnect because he seems the most laissez-faire type. Mm. And to then see what he can execute physically yeah. is... It's one of those yeah. cool, like, head Fs. Yeah, the juxtaposition's yes. crazy. He's a yeah. dry one-liner comedian, dry, dry, yeah. and dark. And he yeah. does his other life is this super exciting, super athletic entertainment thing where it's just on 10 on the athleticism and entertainment value. Yeah. I will say this, though. I feel like being able to make people laugh is super exciting. So, I'm not going to say that either either are more exciting than the other. I'm sure, yeah. Visually, though, the theatrics of the second thing is is quite an impressive feat. But I think both ways, if you ever get the opportunity to watch both, require a lot of dedication and skill and practice to get to that point. So. I don't know how he finds time for one, let alone both. No. <laughs> Good on your loop. He's one of those annoying people that just happens to be talented and works on it. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> super annoying. So, thank you to Carl for that. We've never actually had someone prompt us with coffees, but that's a good way to get a question answered on the show. It is, Carl. And there was this weird page that was following and commenting on my stuff for a while called Briz Vegas. Yep. And I kept thinking, 
which band or how have I somehow got, how I got part of this group in Bris Vegas that I've been working with bands and stuff up there. And this happened for probably the good part of a year yeah. before I realised that it was Carl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Carl, so I finally accepted your friend. <laughs> I was like, where, where are they? I thought it was one of those random ones that sees you say like something and then follow uh, you. Yeah, yeah, they're following and then just, a hashtag or then something. And just currently, she's like, how's this fitting in? What muso is this? And why are they to do with punching sideways? <laughs> and then I can't remember what it was that tweaked it. I was like, it's Carl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who I still don't know is an actual real person because I'm yet to have met him in the flesh. But yeah. Oh, well, the coffees are real, so. The coffees are real, but they still could be coming from you. I don't know. It could be one of your extra pages. Yeah, yeah. I'm just b- sending money to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. Hey. Right. Bye-bye. Laters. Laters.